everybody, and welcome back to number four, number our four. fourth episode of the Family Church Podcast. Yeah. And we're excited that you're following, that you're joining us today. Today we have a special podcast. You know, our Family Church Podcast really is geared to the local church. We want to equip both pastors and lay people to uh, give insight into how to do church in a post-COVID, post-Christian, 21st century context. And as we've mentioned several times up to this point, we're a church of multis, multi-campus, multi-ethnic, multi-generational. And today joining us will be Charles Cooper, who is one of our teaching pastors. He he uh, teaches at our East Warner Garden campus, and you're going to hear more about that. But before we get to Coop, as always, I'm joined by... I'm Felipe Mendez. I am online pastor here at Family Church and also your only host for this podcast. And by the way, our next podcast, I'll be uh, interviewing Felipe about the online community and the role that plays into a 21st century context. So, hey, Coop, it's good to see you, man. We, you. we have known each other for about 25, 25 years, years, and you have been wow. on staff now. How long? This is year three, completed your beginning. Yeah, you're in year four of being on staff, and, um, and you lead our East Winter Garden campus. Tell people a little bit about the demographics of the area and how that plays into our multicultural model and, and the benefits you see in that. Oh, absolutely. It's a southern-style city. In that, there were segments of the town, and so like so many towns in the South, black people lived in a certain section, Anglo lived in the next section, other people, and so they had these sections. And so each Winter Garden is has a the largest African-American population of the Winter Garden area, mm -hmm. uh, which is why we wanted to go in there because there were issues that we felt like we could address. And so going in, we find out actually that there is a, an Anglo section, there is African-American section, there's now a growing Hispanic section. And so you have these multicultural experiences right there together within a mile, mile and a half of each other. And our church is perfectly located, the building that is, in that we're right on the edge so that we don't really belong to any one of those Therefore, everybody can come if they want, which That's is the awesome. perfect way to do it. And we are able to, because of the mix, having uh, not only African-Americans, Anglos, as well as uh, Hispanic, we, we're able to mix very well in that our services are designed to be multicultural in their flavor in terms of the music, in terms of who's standing at the door greeting people. And all of that is made possible because of the model of church that Family Church adopted before I got here, uh, before I came. They decided to be a multi-campus church and to plant churches, campuses in communities wherever they are. So whoever's in the community, that's who we reach. That's it. So in East Winter Garden, we're reaching African-Americans as well as Anglos, as well as Hispanic. I'm excited about it because having planted three churches, one that just started in my uh, living room with my wife and, and a few friends, that's a very difficult way to do it. 
um, planting a church that was hived, that is, a certain number of pe- people left this congregation to go plant over there. And now this model, uh, Pastor Chuck, that you have developed here, which to me is the easiest, most wonderful, celebrated, everybody should mm-hmm. be doing it. Because... <laughs> he just so got much, a raise right there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much easier to do because of the branding and already having an established network and then having staff... <laughs> Having a minister of music say that's over all the campuses that's able to give direction to each program individually, but as campus-wide, and then to pull talent from all of those, it just makes doing what you want to do, which is to reach people, so much easier to do. Cool. And, you know, for, for us, for us as a church, being multicultural just... It enriches everything. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It absolutely you know, does. I, I do think, and we mentioned this on the last podcast, most people, when they think of heaven, they think I'm going to be up there singing a Hillsong music right. in English. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. 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 Well, when we gather together as the church for big church events, and we're singing mm-hmm. in Portuguese, yeah. and we're singing Spanish. in Spanish. Absolutely. And, and you Absolutely. look around at the different skin tones in the room. Absolutely. It's a reminder of what heaven's going to be like. Exactly. And we're able Amen. to learn more about each other's culture and appreciate it more. Yeah. Exactly. Like one of the things, we're a church of small groups. Correct. Right? Well, in the Anglo culture, that means you're going to have a Tuesday night Bible study in Correct. somebody's home. Correct. Not so much no. in your community, no. right? No, they're gonna they'll come to a central building, but they're not gonna go to each other's homes. Yeah, so we, you know, and we're able to facilitate all of those things exactly. And, and also, tell us a little bit about. And by the way, I do need to mention this: that our East Winter Garden <laughs> campus meets at our Dream Center. Correct. And our Dream Center is in that community to do exactly what you talked about: Correct. community transformation. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were the one who got the Dream Center started, and Loved you it. not only became with a director, but you were the architect, the builder, Building, the, carpet layer, the, floor layer. Yeah, the janitor, program <laughs> manager. You did everything. We did it all, and if the dream of having that Dream Center there and using it as a conduit for people to come to Christ. Uh, and to find a place where they could spiritually grow, we've seen that one yeah. of the one of the key families that we've reached had no dental. We brought in a, a mobile dental unit. They came to the dental unit, found out about the church, and now have become one of the more active families in our church. And it brought eight family eight yeah. family members. It, it's just so natural to layer those things. It right? is. So, it's, it's magnificent. Yeah, and by the way, for those who are watching and are familiar, it's the West Orange Dream West Center. West Orange Dream Center. You can go online and Google that. Uh, there's always some need for... Volunteers, Volunteers for materials, because materials, you go into the community exactly. and provide some things. Exactly. And, of course, we'll always take money, exactly. right? Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> but you, you grew that to the point where we brought in a director for the Dream Correct. Center, and now you're giving most of your time to the East Winter Garden campus along campus. with Jobs Partnership, which Correct. is still tied to the Dream Center. This is all I am so excited because yesterday the city of Winter Garden they knew we were there, but they, they weren't paying attention, which is fine. But they found out yesterday all the things that we were doing, and they were, they were blown away that we're not only are servicing the elderly because we have an outreach to an elderly program, we have children's programs, we have adults, we have job training, skill development. They had no idea yeah. of all the things that we're doing and all the lives that we're touching and the radical transformation. And one of the most radical things that has happened is elderly. 
older Anglo men, businessmen, who have their time dedicated to mentoring one boy. And one of those boys, when we first touched his life, <laughs> I mean, he, he was, you know, AD, ADHD, ADD. I mean, you know, just can't sit down, just ounce and bouncy, just, just not able to, to focus. And he has you know, spent so much time with him, one-on-one working with him, that he is an absolute model of what you would want to see in the life of a young man taken who statistically uh, at the third grade was determined to would-be prison population mm-hmm. because of the way they rate him. They can tell, okay, yeah. he, he will not be. That's awesome. Amen. As a direct result of the type of program they're yeah. doing at the Dream Center. And this, yeah. is, and this is beautiful. This is something that I really like to highlight over here because some people don't see the work that a church is being doing here in our community or in your local community. Correct. Some people are pretty much just like, church only cares about money. Church only cares about building or they're not preaching the, the, the truth. But on a daily, like on an everyday situation and people really needs a new job need to learn a new skill need to need to be fed need to have a dental treatment and the dream center and our church is doing this for them yeah you know i was thinking as you were sharing jesus's parable of sheep and goats right mm, i was hungry you fed me i was thirsty correct. you gave me something yeah, to drink correct. i was naked you clothed me i was in prison you visited me um there are a lot of great social programs out there but what makes this unique is the gospel exactly tied into it. exactly Right, yeah. and so I have no interest in just social. Absolutely, no. No. absolutely. This is meeting their physical needs yep. to reach them spiritually. Spiritually, correct. Which is so awesome. Correct. And so, tell us just a little bit more about a service and kind of what I might experience if I went there. Well, of course, now we've gone to two services, and the first service is really designed for in-depth teaching of the Word of God. People want to grow. People want to go deep in the Word. They, they want to have more uh, because they've been in church, and they've been around church. And so we've dedicated that. The second service is, is a service you'd probably need to wear a seatbelt. <laughs> it is. I've been there, and, and um, it's Baptist. Yeah, that, all, all, right. the, all the way. Um, <laughs> it's designed for very to be inspirational, uh, to be uplifting and encouraging, and to be evangelistic, to give people how the gospel should impact their lives and what it should look like. Yeah. So the 11 o'clock service we're very excited about because we, we're looking at a new a member coming on to add to that who has tremendous capacity with uh, younger people and able to reach them through music and worship. So it, it's it's dynamic, it's ever-changing, it's never the same. And the one criticism that I hope no one ever makes of the East Winter Garden campus is that it's boring. Yeah, it, Church, it's definitely yeah. not that. No, it's Christ should never that. be boring. Yes. So... So we have you here today, so I want to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that we're preaching right now in, in at Family Church a series called Why. Why? We, we started on Easter talking about why the resurrection is Correct. so important, why the church, everybody needs to be plugged in, ministering Correct. in a local church. Um, this week, we're going to talk about why oh. is America in such a mess, yeah. you know. Um, but in part of this series, we've said, well, if you have why questions— uh, submit those, and we'll try to answer some of those. Correct. 
And you're doing that through reels and things on social media, Troy and all. That is correct. But since you're here, let's let's throw out one of the big ones for you, okay? And for those who don't know, Coop, um, very well educated. <laughs> um, you were a homiletics professor in Moody, right? Correct. Oh and actually came to Orlando as um, one of the theologians, Bible Correct. experts for Correct. the Holy Land experience, scriptorium. scriptorium. So one of the questions, age-old question people always ask, if God is so loving, why does he let people suffer? And so just share for a moment your thoughts on that. Yeah. It's a great question. People ask it all the time um, because usually they're going through difficult situations. There are actually two avenues to it. The avenue of a person who does not put his faith in God is not trusting the Lord to uh, lead his life why he may be suffering or bad things happening in his life is a totally different question from a person who faith in God, who walks with God, believes in God, and to some degree probably expects life to be easier. So why do bad things happen in the life of believers or people committed to Jesus Christ? And there are three reasons, and there are only three. There aren't any more. Number one, it could be the result of choices, choices you've made. It could have been choices in your past, or it could be choices that you've made in present. We make bad choices, and choices have consequences. And you may be suffering as a result of bad choices. A good friend of mine, when he was in the world, was riotous in his living, acquired a liver disease, and it has affected him for the rest of his life. That's was because of the choices he made. That's number one. Number two, it could be for discipline or growth from God. God disciplines his children, and if you are engaged in conduct that is unbecoming to a follower of Christ, God may in fact introduce something into your life to break your habit, or he may be ha allowing you to grow. Fertilizer, suffering is the best fertilizer there is for Christian growth. And God does allow that to come into your life through various circumstances and situations. The third one is probably the most unknown one. Most people, you know, they naturally assume that they've done something bad and God is beating them over the head with it. Now, the third one is, is the, most pro, um, the most important one, and most Christians are totally ignorant. And that is suffering is God's avenue for you to gain the reward that he himself, the Father, has set aside for you. As you know, in the Jewish family, every boy born gets a position. The oldest, firstborn, and then right down the line. And each one receives an inheritance according to his position and his faithfulness. Jesus is God's firstborn. It tells us that he endured the cross, okay, despising the shame, in light of what was promised to him by his father, and that is that he would be given a throne to sit on next to the father's throne to govern the earth, and we then found out later that it would be for a significant period of time. Each one of us also have been given our born right, and that right is maintained by obedience, and God will often allow circumstances. And if you want to read a story that is the teaching of this, you read the book of Job. It says Job was a perfect man, which means he wasn't being punished because he'd done something wrong, because the Bible said three times he was perfect. He wasn't being taught that in order to grow because he was already a very mature man and handled his suffering better than anyone that I know could have handled it. So mm -hmm. that wasn't the reason. It, and God says that I allowed Job to be 
attacked so that I could show the devil that my servant Job would honor me and that I would receive honor from his life. The second story you should read, of course, is in John chapter 9, because in John chapter 9, you have a story of a man born blind, and they put the question to Jesus, why was this man born blind? His mama must have did something wrong, or his daddy, or he kicked too hard in his Good stomach. Question. But somebody caused that problem. Jesus said, it was neither that this man sinned, which, nor his parents, and it's the, the word parent, that doesn't mean mom and daddy, it means generational because his grandfather could have done something and he's being punished to the third and fourth generation. So anyway, God, Jesus' answer was neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this has been allowed in his life, being born blind, that God might be glorified through the opportunities of his life, which is exactly what happened. He gets his, he gets his name in the Bible. Thousands of people have been saved as a result of his story and will be, and that came as a result of the grace of God allowing him this great opportunity. So remember, it doesn't have to be because you've been bad. It doesn't have to be because God is punishing you. It could be that God is giving you an opportunity. Take it with joy because it may result in your reward and greatly in heaven. Amen. Wow. Amen. What a class. And let's, let's, let's remind <laughs> ourselves, none of that would even be a question if it wasn't for chapter 3. Exactly. Right? Exactly. It, for God. Yeah. Genesis so 3, right? Yeah. We, we rebelled against God. Exactly. And uh, one of the other things in that, first of all, James tells us rejoice when we face those trials. You're number two point because it will grow us, That's right? right? That's right. But what's really interesting, and your third point, is um, that the way we handle suffering is a testimony to the exactly. world. Exactly. Right. To angels. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Coop, thank you for joining us. And and Felipe knows this. Every time we do a podcast, I finish it with that somebody has to somebody say Somebody has it. to say it. There are things that are going on in our world that nobody will say, but somebody has to say it. Like, you know, we already mentioned. <laughs> yesterday I was at Publix. Okay. Ten items or less. And I heard that scanner beep 14 times in oh. the person in front. They, they should have got out of that line, got over into one that was appropriate, right? So here's my, somebody has to say it today. Okay. And that is drive up ATM etiquette. Hmm. All right. So when you're going through the ATM at the drive up, you want to go in there, get your money, get out. Correct. All right. True. I have sat behind like three cars. So you, you know it's going to be a while for each one of those cars. But here's the one that kills me. <laughs> the car in front of me pulls up, and it's a precious old lady. Oh, yeah. She stops. She then reaches over, and you can see that she gets her purse. Right. She puts her purse in her lap. She digs through her purse, and she finds her wallet. In her wallet, she finds her ATM card. She puts it in. Presses about 500 buttons. I have no clue what she's trying to do. And I'm sitting back there already, right? I'm in a hurry. Finally, she gets her money, and here's what she does. She counts her money. Yep. She puts it back in her wallet. Yes. She puts the wallet back into the purse, then puts the purse back in the into seat. the seat, and then decides to drop off, yeah. to yeah. drive off, yeah. drive off. Yeah. right? Somebody has to say it. Listen, woman, while we're sitting there with four cars in front of you, get your purse, 
Get your wallet. Get the card out. When you pull up, roll your window down. Get your money. Drive off and then put your money in, in your, your wallet and your baby. purse and back on the seat. That's, That's why somebody has to say it. That is so funny. Day. Well, you cannot make fun of this for too long because I will be the guy in the back and you will be the, the you know the old dude right there, you know, wasting my time. Okay, believe me, we're out of time. I know. Send us out of here, brother. Send us out of here. All right, guys, thank you very much for joining us for today's podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe this podcast. It's available on Apple. It's available on Spotify. You can also subscribe us on YouTube and then you're, you're going to get a new episode every other week. And Chuck and I were going to bring guests like Cooper. And I can't wait to see you next time.